no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. I think it's the only choice for me, and I say that as a guy that has said some, now looking back on it, pretty outlandish things about Kenny Pickett and what he was going to become this year. Joe Burrow 2.0, I said he'd get MVP votes. I thought the Steelers were a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. And so to flip it here, uh, to agree with the Steelers' decision to start Mason Rudolph uh, says a lot. Uh, I have I have a lot of self-doubt about Kenny Pickett and, and where he goes from here. I mean, before he got hurt, you know, he was coming off his best game, maybe in a Steelers uniform against the Bengals, which gave me hope. But then I just watched Rudolph put an even better game on tape against Cincinnati. And he hadn't played an NFL game in two years. So now because of that, I almost dis- I do discount somewhat what Pickett did against the Bengals because I've seen somebody do it better. Uh, for the first time all season with Rudolph in, we saw a quarterback for the Steelers from beginning to end of a game show poise, go through his reads, dissect defenses, throw the ball, uh, accurately and confidently downfield. And if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm not on any hot seat. The Steelers will never fire him. If he wants, he can go and demand a trade this offseason and somebody will step up with more money and, and picks and accommodate him. He's not leaving the NFL by any means. But if I'm Mike Tomlin, I do feel the heat of the Steelers' lack of postseason success They haven't won a playoff game in six years. And I'm not going to downplay when I've been trying to find uh, consistent quarterback play since Ben Roethlisberger uh, retired. I've been trying to find somebody to uh, stabilize that position. You can't bench a quarterback after he delivered the goods in incredible fashion. Almost 300 yards. 34 points. The Steelers hadn't scored more than 30 points in a win in more than 50 games. So, you know, I'm, I, if you would have told me at the start of the year, I'd be casting my lot and, and keeping my fingers crossed for Mason Rudolph to win a game to get the Steelers to the playoffs. You know, I, I'd be crying. I'd be so despondent. I'd be like this. There's no way this is not going to happen. This is like the worst outcome in the world. Uh, but now, not only do I think it's it, it's it's the only choice, it's the right choice, it's the best choice. And I do have some confidence that Rudolph is going to do it again, Spencer. Seahawks defense is not great. I think the Steelers go there and win, and they live to play another day week 18 against Baltimore. Awesome. All right, up next we got the Raiders and the Colts. Should Antonio Pierce be the Raiders' permanent coach going forward? Yeah, but here is my caveat on this. So they have won... They're four and three with uh, Pierce as the coach. The last two wins, including that great win in Kansas City, they've had four defensive touchdowns. The Raiders and Mark Davis have gone down this road before, okay, where they had Basaccia there after the the, uh, John Gruden 
uh, controversy and scandal. He goes there, gets promoted. The Raiders make the playoffs. They rally in the season. They dump him for Josh McDaniels. Terrible call. So you want to learn from that. But I don't think that that means, okay, we passed on an interim coach before who got results. Let's hire the next one who does decently or does or does well. There's got to be a plan. And here would be my plan if I'm the Raiders. I would want, I would look at it this way. I bring Pierce back and I would say, look, Antonio, this is what we're going to do. The arrangement in New York, okay, with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, defensive head coach, here's a veteran quarterback that's won a Super Bowl and won uh, three MVPs. He is going to pick, um, he is going to pick who his offensive coordinator is. We're going to give over, some, we're going to give over to him some of the franchise. I would try to have a similar arrangement with Russell Wilson. Now, Wilson is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to pay him as much. You know, I don't, you're not going to involve him as much in personnel decisions, you know, where, you know, the, the equivalent of Randall Cobb for Russell Wilson is going to come to the Raiders. But I would want to give, if you're going to hand it over defensive coach, come up with a plan with a quarterback that works there and signing Russell Wilson to like a two-year, $60 million deal where he is incorporated into picking the coordinator in the in the direction of the offense, I would I would try that and see where it goes rather than blow it up with Antonio Pierce, bring in a new coach, and then draft like the fourth or fifth best quarterback to be the to be my guy in the 2024 draft. Awesome. Up next, we got the Giants and the Rams. Tommy DeVito, he's on the bench now. What's your take? What's your take? I don't get this move. Why do we need to see Tyrod Taylor here? This is a this is this is so stupid to me. I'm not, uh, you know, so delusional that I think Tommy DeVito is going to be, you know, the heir apparent. He's going to replace Daniel Jones. But he won three games in a row and then a bad game in New Orleans and a bad half against Philly, who the Giants always get blown out to, even when they have Daniel Jones at quarterback. And you're going back to Tyrod Taylor? For what? He's a. Why do the Giants need to, to win games in their last two weeks or attempt to win games with a journeyman quarterback. The two games Taylor started and finished, they scored 14 points and nine points. Maybe in the micro, he gives them a better chance to be competitive against the Rams and the Eagles. I'd rather let DeVito, let it all hang out with him, see if he can sink or swim, figure out if he's a guy that you want to have behind Daniel Jones. I know this is an extreme example because Jones is not Kurt Warner, but the Rams did that with Mark Bolger back in the day. And Bolger was at times a good starting quarterback there and definitely a good backup. He was like a seventh round pick. Uh, I would do that with DeVito. We don't, it's, it's pointless. If I'm a, and and I grew up a Giants fan, there's no sense. I I would have no desire to watch Tyrod Taylor try to win game 17 to 14, the last two weeks of the season. All right. Up next, we have Jacksonville and the and the Panthers, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the biggest, how would you rate this collapse if the Jags miss the playoffs? Only like a 5 or 6. And that might be stunning because they went from 8 and 3 to 8 and 7. But 
Well, Trevor Lawrence has left three out of these four games with injuries. And in quarterback play uh, falling off because of Lawrence not being 100% is not their only problem. Their defense has regressed considerably. It all started that Monday night when Jake Browning in his first start lit them up. Um, And if it happens again here to a team that hasn't won on the road, that's lost five road games by double digits in Bryce Young, the team with the worst record in the NFL, you know, like I might up that collapse from a six to a seven, but because it's Lawrence and he's, we know it's a new injury every week with him. Yeah. Backup quarterbacks like Joe Flacco have gone in and played great. Uh, If I'm a Jags fan though, I'm not, I'm not looking to tear this down or make wholesale changes. The defensive coordinator might get fired um, there. That might be the one change I would make. Other than that, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this season away and look at it as a lost year because Trevor Lawrence just couldn't stay healthy. I'm not going to blame anybody for it. I don't think there's a lot of culpability there for what's gone wrong.